0: Hi, everybody. This is Alex Mo here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Brian Andrew, Chief Investment Officer for Johnson Financial Group. Brian, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks, Alex. Great to be here.
0: So to get us started, can you offer just a quick overview on Johnson Financial Group for our listeners who might not be familiar?
1: Sure. Johnson Financial Group is a financial services company based in Racine, Wisconsin, and it includes a bank, uh, an insurance agency business, and a wealth business. And in addition to being the chief investment officer, uh, I'm also responsible for the wealth business here at Johnson Financial Group.
0: Great. Well, as I said, great to have you on the show. Um, let's get into the big recent national news that has many people talking about the, the banking industry who might not otherwise. Uh, the recent collapses of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. I'm interested in, first off, kind of just getting your perspective on uh, that news. Uh, Could you share your insight and um, maybe some of the factors that are involved with this that people might not be uh, aware of?
1: Sure. I I think um, the the primary thing to think about is that um, these were somewhat unique situations. Um, and, And I think we have to start with just how does a bank make money? A bank takes deposits in. Um, And those deposits um, are generally available to customers on a daily basis because they sit in checking accounts or savings accounts to the extent they're in certificates of deposit. They may have a longer life, six months or a year, Um, but they're generally available every day. But the bank uses those deposits to make loans and those loans may have terms from a year to 10 years as an example. Um, So if those deposits uh, hang around the bank for an extended period of time, you don't have too much trouble. If everybody decides to take those deposits out in a day or two or three, like happened with Silicon Valley Bank, uh, the bank has a major liquidity problem. um, And they have ways to get liquidity from the Fed. Uh, They also have ways to get liquidity from their security portfolio. Um, But uh, if all of the deposits decide to leave in a very short period of time, that's going to create a problem. And that's what we saw happen with Silicon Valley Bank uh, and then Signature Bank um, as well. Right. And can you shed any light on maybe what sort of
0: led to that um, that rush or that that kind of Snowball effect to occur.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I I think everybody knows interest rates are substantially higher today than they were a year ago. Um, And if you own a bond, whether it's a one year bond or a 10 year bond, when interest rates go up, the market value of that bond goes down. And it it doesn't matter if it's a treasury bond or a corporate bond, um, the value goes down because if I can buy a two year treasury today at 5%. And a year ago, I could buy a two year treasury at one and a half percent. The value of that one and a half percent interest rate is lower. Um, And so normally banks will take a portion of their excess deposits and put it in a securities portfolio. Um, And on average, that might be 15%, 20%. In the case of uh, Silicon Valley Bank, it was 60%. Um, So pretty substantial amount in a portfolio that was now underwater, meaning that those bonds had less market value. So when deposits start to leave the bank, the only way to raise, one of the only ways to raise liquidity is to sell those securities and as a result, take a loss. And for banks, they have to maintain a certain level of capital uh, and taking a loss reduces the capital. And so they went to the market to say, hey, we need to raise capital. That was a red flag to depositors. Um, And because of the concentration of depositors, specifically in uh, the venture capital world and in Silicon Valley, um, there became uh, really, I think accelerated through just the use of social media Concerns about the bank. And as a result, within a week's time, um, they saw a significant portion, more than 50% of their deposits go out the door. Um, And that's pretty unprecedented. And that's what ultimately led to uh, the Fed having to take the bank over.
0: Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you mentioned venture capital because I have been hearing folks here in the States, uh, you know, startup and investment community talking about this this news and kind of how it affected them, their thoughts about it. So I'm hoping you can shed some light on what this means for folks here in Wisconsin, particularly members of the business community. What should our listeners be aware of about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Wisconsin is a, a, a different market. Um, certainly we have venture capital companies and startups uh, all over the state, which is great. Um, but we also have a very healthy Uh, financial system in the state and banks in the state. And that includes uh, community banks, banks similar to ours, Johnson Bank, um, as as well as larger banks in the state. So options available to companies are um, pretty significant. Uh, There are just a lot of banks and i would say not surprisingly um, banks in the midwest and particularly in wisconsin are generally run in a more conservative manner um, in terms of how they make loans um, how they think about their security portfolios Uh, a lot of bankers in the state who lived through the financial crisis uh, and formed Uh, the way they think about managing a bank um, as a result of that. And so I think um, it's just a different environment. Um, The other thing is we have a very strong consumer deposit base. We certainly do at Johnson Bank. Uh, Most banks in the state do. The benefit of that consumer deposit base is that um, you just have a much broader diversity of depositors than someone like Silicon Valley Bank that was targeting a very specific industry. And if everybody in that industry wants out the door at the same time, you're going to have the kind of problem that they had. So generally more conservatively run organizations with a much more diversified deposit base than what we saw with that situation.
0: Right. Right. Certainly.
1: And then after this news, you hear from
0: folks like leaders in, in your industry, like the head of the Wisconsin Bankers Association coming out with statements saying, kind of just like assuring people that, you know, Wisconsin's banks are stable, and that people shouldn't be sort of concerned about any kind of ripple effects spreading out from this. And I think you saw that on the national level as well, people seeking to sort of tamp down concern about about this development. And of course, federal regulators have have stepped in and um shut down those banks and um so i think it's interesting to sort of see that response and then of course we haven't um seen too much other activity along those lines in other major banks
1: yeah and i think it's it, it's interesting to see that you know and to keep in mind i mentioned earlier that banks can can find liquidity from the fed right. or from their securities portfolios as a result of silicon valley bank what the fed is essentially did was step in with a new program to say, if a bank owns securities like treasuries, as an example, that might be worth 95 cents on the dollar, they can essentially get liquidity from the Fed through this new program at 100 cents on the dollar. So it just adds to um, the liquidity that banks have available to them. Um, in addition to that, though, I think we, we've we seen, and you make a good point, You know, I think people are trying to wrestle with whether this is over or not. Um, so as an investor, I look at the way people are valuing stocks specifically. um, And I think it's fair to say from an investor's perspective, it's not over. And what I mean by that is financials as a category are still down about 30% in a market that's up 6% year to date. Well, that's a pretty substantial decline, most of which occurred as a result of what we saw. If you look at regional banks, they're still off uh, and trading near their post Silicon Valley bank lows. So I think investors are still being cautious, probably rightfully so, but in my mind, that also presents uh, an investment opportunity um, because investors tend to paint with a broad brush when news like this comes out, which means everybody gets penalized and then we sort out the details later. So there are a lot of great banks that are now trading at significant discounts to where they were a month ago. Um, and for those that are good banks, obviously, that presents an opportunity for investors, just to use that as an example.
0: Right. Wow, that's interesting. Thanks for sharing that insight, Brian. And um, before we wrap up here, any other final thoughts you wanted to share that our listeners uh, wanted to know? Anything else you wanted to touch on?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that, that's, you know, if people have specific concerns about their bank, Um, you know, there's a a lot of information that's publicly available. Uh, Banks have to file a lot of information that's publicly available. Uh, A lot of what transpired at Silicon Valley Bank um, would show up in in their reports. Um, And, you know, so to the extent that people have concerns about a particular bank, you know, having a conversation with um, that bank, uh, either with their their uh, lender or their banker or getting to the treasury uh, group within that bank and asking specific questions about the diversity of depositors and the strength of the balance sheet. Um, Banks are pretty transparent when asked. Uh, They have to be um, by regulation. And so um, I think people can find the comfort they need um, and shouldn't feel like it's this big black box. Certainly in the case of community banks, that's not the case uh, because they are much less complex organizations than something like a JP Morgan, uh, that's a global business with 350,000 employees and, and in all kinds of places around the world. So um, I, I would say to people that if you have concerns, particularly in the state of Wisconsin, um, information is readily available and those banks want to be as transparent as they can. So people should seek that out to find the comfort they need um, that they're going to be okay from a depositor's perspective.
0: Great. Great. Well, thanks so much, Brian. It's been great speaking with you. Glad to have your insight here on the podcast and uh, really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Wisp Business,
0: the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WISPolitics and Wiss Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.